BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet robe. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined with the boys from Lewis, York, Mr. Claude Kelly and Mr. Chuck Harmony. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. Hello. You guys are looking stylish today. (laughs) Thank you. Just try. You're like showing me up. I feel like I just rolled out of bed, but I didn't and it's like 5 p.m. This is, this is our studio. Yeah, this is what we do every day. I usually have on this, this sweatshirt. We're workshop hoodie, yeah. I love it. So what are you guys up to today? We are actually locking the studio. Yeah. Um, well, actually, we've been locking the studio for over a year. Hello, yeah. it's been quarantined. But we are, again, locking the studio, uh, wrapping up songs on two albums, two or three albums at a time, actually. Three yeah. albums, actually. Wow. So yes. you have your new album out. Yeah. Which yes. we're going to talk about. But now you have another two or three, like album two and three coming out as well. No. Um, one, of our, one of them is our album, our um, new album. And the other is our girl group's album, the Chanella. Yeah. So we're working on those two simultaneously. We will talk about all of that. Well, I mean, that's the thing. You guys have really worked with everybody in the business. Yeah. When did you guys meet and how did that all come about? 
we met uh, in 2008, right? 2007. Seven, 2007. Yeah, 2007. Um, Def Jam put us together to work on uh, Chrisette Michelle's album. And so um, my first time meeting them. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. I was signed to Neo at the time. And so <clears throat> this was my first outside writing session in the business besides Neo. So it was a blast, man. We, we connected musically and spiritually right away. So we've been off to the races ever since, really. You guys got along right from the start. Yeah, man. Right from the start. Music heads. Nerds. Yeah. You never had any, have you had any bumps along the way? I mean, certainly people disagree with on music all the time. Yeah, I, I mean, we're, we're, we're pretty uh, consistent when it comes to hearing kind of the same things the same yeah. way. But there's a, there's a high level of respect between the two of us. And so there, there's never really bumping heads when it comes to music, music. I respect his opinion like I respect my own. And so there we have it. We work <laughs> together. And you guys growing up, like, were, was it ever, was it always music or were you like destined to do, you know, like some people that fall into the business, they have five other options. Was it, was there anything else or it was just always music? Always music. Yeah. I don't think we knew how we were going to, what the actual end title would be in music. And it's, that's still evolving too. But um, I knew that music was my, my career and so did he. Yeah. It's, it's been this since day one, since we were born. <laughs> yeah. And Claude, you're from New York City. Yes, indeed. New York City, born and raised. Let's give a shout out. I'm in Chelsea, so. Oh, there we go. I, I, I live in Chelsea. I miss Chelsea a lot, actually. Where did you live in Chelsea? I lived on 19th and 11th Avenue in that, uh, that really cool glass, sexy building right by the over, overlooking the Hudson. Yeah, like the Jean Nouvel building. That's it. Yeah. I know my, ch- I, I used to live on 17th and 11th. But yeah. now I'm on like 20th. It was, it's nice over there. It was just too far west. So I wanted it to be like a little Very far east. west. But, but I, I, miss, I miss the Hudson River and some of the New York restaurants. But you know, I'm happy to be in Nashville actually. I lived on Perry and the West Side Highway. So I get, I had a view of the river and it's like, mm, once you have a view of the river, it's really hard. Like people don't understand. It's like you living in New York and you see cabs, but like if you step back enough, you just see the river. It's it's insane. Exactly. It's beautiful. So you guys love being in Nashville. Yeah. Absolutely. It. Yeah. Change of pace for us. I mean, we went back and forth between New York and LA and Atlanta and other places for a while. But this Nashville feels like home now. And there's a lot musically going on in Nashville. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Claude, you are a four-time Grammy nominee, and Chuck, you are a three-time Grammy nominee. Yeah. So you guys have kind of worked. I mean, so that's, well, first of all, let's just take that in for a moment. That's not so easy. <laughs> Did you guys watch the Grammys this year? Yeah, we caught, we caught a little. About 30 minutes 30, of it. 30, 45 yeah. minutes of it. Yeah. It was, something was, I mean, it was, I don't know. I found it hard to make it through the Grammys. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was weird. You know what I'm saying? I, I know people are trying to find their way as it, as it relates to uh, navigating in the new world, but um, I think it's just going to take our eyes getting adjusted to some things because it felt really weird. It did. And like musically, I don't know, there was nothing. I'm sure there was, sure there was great music this year. Just none of it really reached out. <laughs> none of it was on the show. <laughs> I mean, if, if we're being honest, uh, the, the 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 program because we're in this virtual world was that's one thing to get over but the the performances were lackluster 
barring Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, who were, that was that was actually my favorite performance of the yeah. night. The only good one, in my opinion. But everything else felt like a high school talent show. Kind of. Listen, this is behind the velvet rope. We are all honest here. There's no yeah, yeah, bad yeah. opinions. We, we, got, we got to say it. You know what I'm it is what, listen, I mean, we've been doing music our whole lives. And so we've been doing it long enough now where, like, you can just tell the difference between polished, excellent, yeah. worth spending a whole lot of money on and uh, a music student, right? Mm-hmm. And if we're talking about the professional business and then the Grammys is the award for being the best, best. in the professional yeah. business then it just doesn't it doesn't add up like the level of the level of nerves that you see the the the, the yeah. unreadiness the terrible live vocals all that stuff is just it leaves me scratching my head because the bar has gotten really low yeah i was like and i'm not even i mean i watched like 30 minutes too and i'm like i'm done i i watched the red carpet in like 20 or 30 minutes and i'm like yeah, i think this yeah, is yeah. enough well, like you said, the bar is gotten low. I mean, you guys have a high bar because like you've worked with everybody. Yeah. So before we get into the new album and before we get into you guys, let's just take a minute to take a trip down memory lane of all these people. I'm sure I'm not the only person that wants to ask you about some of these people that you've worked with. Okay. We're going to get to the new album and it's going to be all about you guys. But before we get there, so let's start with, you know, just not anyone so big i'm being sarcastic let's start with lady gaga okay Ooh. um well new yorker you'll, you'll understand this lady gaga was a song was uh, an aspiring artist and songwriter in new york and i was in new york at the same time so actually bmi which is kind of like um a really big industry company like ascap does these events to highlight up-and-coming writers or artists so the first time i met her was that bmi had this like top 10 new songwriters to get to know. And it is big dinner at uh, Red Eye Grill in Midtown Manhattan. And it was, oh, yes. it was, I was chosen, Lady Gaga was chosen, and uh, a few other people, like Frankie Storm who wrote Please Don't Stop the Music for Rihanna was in the group. And so we just kind of saw each other like, okay, like you're, you're, you're in my class, cool. And then um, everyone in New York who's in the studios is, is working. When you find someone that has the same work ethic as you, you click. So we both actually connected through her producer, Red One. So at the same time he was working on the demos for her first album, I was writing with him for a bunch of stuff with him and Akon and everything else. So we all ended up in this same kind of pool. So I was around when she, when she was just doing that stuff. And I think that's still the MySpace days, which is crazy. Um, that, that is crazy. Um, when she was doing all that, like songs, like this had a song called Shoes or Boots or something like that. But she was blowing up, like, you know, on the, on the, in the New York scene. Yeah. And then and then obviously when we got in the studio with Akon, um, who was the guy who had the major connections, he kind of saw a talent in both of us and helped jumpstart both of our respective careers. So Right. I mean you were there cool. for the you were there for the first the first album. Yeah, I mean I, yeah, the thing about it was it's just cool to when you know artists, a lot of artists are not who they say they are. Mm. But Lady Gaga is who she says she is. She has been that committed. Um since the beginning mm-hmm. and then then we saw her live with tony bennett several years later on that tour and that was at radio was that no it wasn't radio somewhere like that in new york another sexy location in new york city oh, and to watch the person that was aspiring to be on to now doing this tour with tony bennett we sat there we're in, in amazement yeah she was so she's the real good. deal the real real deal so one yeah. of my favorites could you tell like when you were working with her you know for that first album like 
could, well, first of all, it, she, you said she had like an incredible work ethic. She was just like work, work, work. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and more than the work ethic, she, cause we were, we, we shared studios more than spending a lot of time co-writing. She mm-hmm. just has a very specific, she had a very specific vision for where she, her becoming where she is right now. She knew that she was going to be a Hollywood actress and a musical phenom and was going to do everything she wanted to do. And she came to the studio dressed like that in stilettos and the jump and the leotards and stuff. That wasn't something that the record label told her to do. She came in with all that stuff. That was what I was going to ask you, like behind the scenes, like in the studio, all that it was, there was the full Lady Gaga regalia. Full thing. From wow. Way back. Yeah. Wow. That's called, that's called commitment. That's called commitment and like authenticity, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Were you guys, could you tell like when you were making that album and like writing, could you tell that this one, you know, cause listen, we all have plans of what we want to do with our lives. Like, could you tell like she, this, she's going to make it happen? Well, I mean, I have my, ins- I, I, I'm not the best at guessing who's going to win because there's so much more to it than the music, but in the studio, in the music, I mean, anyone, any musician that knows what, what quality is knew that she had a good shot in terms of what she was writing, her ideas, how she was putting, I mean, remember Lady Gaga came in and she changed the scene, like the dance scene and even what like girls were wearing and fashion and all that stuff. It hadn't been that way since probably Madonna. So you knew that from her vision, there was a good chance she could make it, but then you're just hoping that, that the people, the powers that be don't fuck it up. And they didn't, mm. they didn't fuck it up. So. Because you, you can never really tell. You can yeah, never, never tell. We've seen some of those talented people never make it, and some of the most, the least talented people soar. Soar. Yeah. Well, who are some of the least talented people? That- <laughs> <laughs> you see, you're trying to get us. Well, okay, I, I will say this. Um, I, I'm just speaking for both of us. I think that Chuck and I have had a pretty good luck with working with a lot of the talented people. It still doesn't mean you're going to make it. It still doesn't mean that the record will be a hit. But people know our bar, mm-hmm. and so that scares a lot of people away. That's that 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 avoid that that gets a lot of the riffraff out of there in the first place because they know they're going to have to do some work with us separately or and together. Uh, so we get people that want to raise the bar even at that moment. But I want to do the work. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know who who. I don't know, I'm not trying to get in trouble here. <laughs> you you can say it. You're amongst friends here behind the velvet rope. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I can't. Know. I can't really think of anyone. There's someone that sticks out as like an awful, like what the fuck? Why is this person there? But it might come to me later. I might bless something out later. What What's it like? Like when you do go to see like I I don't I think that was at Cafe Carlo. I don't know. I could be wrong. But like when you go to see like a Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett, yeah, like someone you. I think so, right? Like someone you yeah. worked with in the beginning and then like you said, it's all those years later. Like, do you go up to the person after the show, pre-show, and you're just like, hey? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. I mean, we, we, we both had a lot of those experiences. I mean, sometimes, I mean, really, really, um, Chuck and I are fans of music, not necessarily of people. Mm-hmm. So if, if, we, if, if we were genuinely friends beforehand, then it's a good chance that we're going there not only to see the show, but to say hello to someone that we haven't seen in a long time. So of course you say, great show, awesome. But a lot of times we just go to concerts and just go and leave. Like we, a lot of the concerts we've seen in, since we lived in Nashville um, have been us just wanting to be, experience it. We saw Sting here and John Mayer mm. and Earth, Wind and & Fire. And even some of those we had connections, but we didn't overstep. We just wanted to be a part of the 
experience. Ex- right, the experience. That's so nice of you. <laughs> you also don't want to get your feelings hurt if they're not nice. So people change. People change, yeah. Okay, listen, it's not me. I'm not being shady. You're just setting yourself up for these questions. So who do you who do you think is someone that has changed a lot? That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. No, not a bad thing at all. I th- I, I would say Tori Kelly, um, when I first mm-hmm. worked with her, I was I was one of the first sessions she did without her parents. And so this was this super innocent young lady coming down to work with me. Matter of fact, up because we, we were in New York, but I've just watched her grow. And so her, her change is not necessarily a, a bad thing or a good thing. It's just like what I see on TV is not the little girl that I right. that right. through my doors. Right. But I am sure, I mean, I guess if you really don't want to mention any names, but I'm sure people like get too big for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I might blur something out later, too. Keep going. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You can mention any names you would like. Okay. Um, Do you think, like, with Lady Gaga, like, all of that, because you even said it, like, I mean, you're not comparing her, but, like, there was all that comparison to Madonna. Like, do you think that was warranted? I mean, is that a compliment? I mean, there's this whole thing every time. I mean, not every time, but there's this whole Madonna Gaga thing. All right. This is a good question, because... I understand why they're compared. It's two white ladies with blonde hair doing pop music. I get that. Uh, from, well, Madonna's not from New York, but I guess they kind of associated with New York, the New York dance scene, right? Um, they're so different, though. Like, Lady Gaga is a, is a vocalist. Like, she, she can sing, sing. Barbara Streisand, like, in that, she, she has that element, that Barbara Bette Midler songstress, Linda Ronstadt thing, right? And then, of course, she has the whole dance. She's futuristic and dancey. Madonna is one of my favorites for totally different reasons. Madonna is an exhibitionist first, before a vocalist, um, and a pop culture, like, envelope pusher. Um, it's, just, it's just, they're just two different artists. I will say that, like, I think you do them both a disservice by comparing them, because in this quest to find the, the, the new Madonna, you end up not celebrating what Madonna actually did, which is some crazy shit. And, and Lady Gaga is just not that. She just is a different beast. I mean, I mean they do it all the time, not, not just to them two, but in general, but those two specifically are both, will, are, will both be remembered as iconic. And I think it's best if we keep that separate. What do you, do you have a favorite Madonna album? I'm a big Madonna fan. Um, uh, get in line behind me. I, mean, <laughs> I, like, I like a lot of songs actually. Um, I like Open My Heart. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you songs. Open My Heart, um, Papa Don't Preach, so good. Such a good one. Um, actually, I like her. I like, I like some of her. I like Borderline. I like the ballads. I like uh, Live to Tell. And um, you like the old school. Yeah, I like the I like old school Madonna. I like, actually, Ray of Light was not my favorite album, but I like early 90s, MTV, Madonna, all that stuff. I agree. Like a prayer prayer is what I was trying to remember. Like a prayer. Ray of Light, I mean, unpopular opinion. It's one of my least favorite Madonna albums. When I got into electronic, I wasn't into it anymore. And it's, to me, it's all over the place. Like it has some of my favorite songs and then it has like all these throwaway songs that I'm just like, we could have done without this. 
the secret about Madonna, the secret about Madonna is that people don't know that when she broke, they broke her, and she, and she was, and they, everyone thought she was black. No one saw her first, and they played her in clubs, and everyone thought she was a black girl because of the music. And that's how she got played in all the clubs, and the and like basically the hood knew about her first, and then they realized afterwards that Madonna was Madonna. Once again, ahead of her time. Mm-hmm. What do you think of? Did you see the Madame X tour? No. I've, I've never seen her live at all, actually. Wow. Wow. I mean, the Madame X tour was great. It was not everyone's favorite, but I... What do you think of... So, I mean, you've never worked with Madonna. Like, is she on your list of people that you would just love to work with? I mean, we wouldn't turn, we wouldn't yeah, turn down, would we wouldn't turn down Madonna. Are you kidding me? That would be crazy. I mean, she gets a lot of flack now on Instagram and like she gets age shamed more than a lot of others. Like, I don't know if you follow her Instagram people. Of course. Of course. But that's what, isn't that what they do to all uh, women in the music industry? I mean, everyone, but they, they age you out and find your replacement until you're no longer great enough for pop radio. Um, but I, I don't believe that talent like that goes away because you turn a certain age. So I would work with her because I'd be, Madonna needs, a focus, like hunker down somewhere and, and come up with a, a theme, you know, and mm-hmm. put it out. That's why I love Take a Bow because I love that whole theme of when she was doing Evita and she was in that zone and she went to Babyface and certain, and even Dallas Austin. I love that face too. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what we, I, I, I would hope that she came to work with us at Weirdo Workshop. We'd lock in and give her a vibe. I was going to say, what vibe would you give her? Like for her next album, which she's not working on, but. <laughs> if she called the both of you today. If Madonna calls today. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. Because it, there needs to be there needs to be some some uh some ode to the fact that she's a legend. And mm-hmm. so there needs to be some upscaleness to the to the presentation. It shouldn't just be the latest hottest producer giving her the latest beat and letting her do her thing over right. there. There needs to be some upscaleness to it. So um, some real musicality. I wouldn't take it too far to where it's just boring, but there would be a lot of musicality to, to what I good question. Yeah. I love it. Well, I mean, that is what the criticism is, is like she tries, I'm not saying that that's her criticism, that she's trying to be current, whereas you have people like a, that are legends that are just like, I'm a legend. I don't need to try to be with the yeah. latest mm-hmm. trend. Yeah. She's an so. icon, man. It's hard, when, it's, it's hard when you're the person, you're the trailblazer and you're still trying to beat yourself while the world's catching up with you because then you always have the pressure of not just doing good songs, but making them like technologically futuristic and the sounds and the lyrics. That's a, that's a lot of pressure yeah. for an album. And I think, I think maybe letting go of that pressure because it's already been rewarded to her. So she can just do, I'll listen to her in this final, like, what kind of music do you love? Mm-hmm. Or what have you always wanted to do that you music, haven't? You know what I mean? And the then this music of your childhood and then make that cater to Madonna in a way where she can, remember when people love the music, they sing it differently. Yeah. They perform it differently. That's true. And, uh-huh. I have no, and I have no idea what that even is. I don't even know what her favorite tunes from childhood are or what she would love to explore. Interesting. Well, one day maybe we'll find out. One day. Hopefully. Hopefully. So that was great working with Lady Gaga. What about 
how did that lead? Didn't that lead to like Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson? Like, did you actually work with both of them? I worked with Whitney Houston in person, but I did not meet Michael Jackson recorded the song, but he recorded it with Akon. I wrote it, but uh, Whitney Houston, I spent a lot of time with. She was awesome. She was very cool. Very chill, very down to earth, very real. Um, and obviously a great singer. Could you tell like all the other stuff she was going through? Like did that seep, like does stuff like that seep into the studio? Mm-mm. Actually, when I worked with her, she was, um, it was her last album and she was very focused on the comeback on the I Look To You album and, and getting better vocal shape and getting ready for press and for the tour and all that stuff. So um, I don't, I've, I've, listen, we've all heard nightmare stories and we've all heard, we've seen the terrible movies. They make terrible movies about Whitney Houston, just, you know, they're all awful. But um, uh, I got, I guess I was blessed to get, a, get her at a good time because I got a really clear headed, cool, focused person who gave me a lot of good advice. Good advice. The re- part of the reason why Lewis York is here is because she, she wanted the people that was like, Claude, you need to be singing. You need to be an artist. Why are you not singing for yourself? So that's why she's special. Not because of the songs we did, although I'm very proud of that. Um, I'm proud that someone that I respected so much saw what I thought I saw in myself and encouraged me to, to believe in myself probably more than I did for me at that time. Was she like the first person to say to you, you need to be singing? No, everyone says that. Everyone says it to both of us. Mm-hmm. Every single person we've ever worked with has said, Chuck, why aren't you playing on a, or singing on stage? Claude, why aren't you singing writing on stage? And up until Lewis York, we were both like, eh, you sing it, like you do that. <laughs> It wasn't until we felt like we had to do it that we did it. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by the Disney Bundle. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new exciting movies and series, all for one low price. On Disney Plus, join the ranks of Captain Marvel, Captain Monica Rambo, and Ms. Marvel as they team up to save the universe in Marvel Studios' The Marvels and embark on an adventure into the futuristic world of Iwaju. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone, in the award-winning film Poor Things. And school is back in session for the beloved teachers of Abbott Elementary. The Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. They're better together. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. We get it. Distractions happen. 
That's why we designed the fully electric, full-sized Volvo EX90 with the latest technology to keep you and those around you safe. Its two-sensor driver understanding system is designed to prevent distractions and help you stay focused. Reserve your Volvo EX90 today. Learn more at volvocars.com slash US. Is that really what it is? Like you just got to the point where like, we have to do this now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us wanted to be famous for fame's sake. You know what I'm saying? We, we are really behind the scenes guys and our personality and our lifestyles. And so us putting forth the effort to be an artist is really gen- from a genuine place. Yeah. And I imagine that's like most songwriters, right? Or are there songwriters that, no, they would love to st- take the spotlight? It, most, some songwriters, <laughs> I won't say most because I don't like, I don't like the hasty generalizations, but uh, some songwriters come in the game to become famous. That's what they, that's their agenda. Right. And they write songs as a stepping stone to becoming famous. So that was we, not us. We are the rare breed of people who is just about the music, you know what I'm saying? Just getting it done. You know what I'm saying? I will say we're a rare breed. I hate that it sounds so cliche because that's, that's the problem. Is every, most songwriters actually are just trying to get a record deal. And so when we say like we really want to do it, it sounds, we genuinely were not thinking about yeah. being artists at all. Labels approached us. Uh, people came to us and said like, you know, you, you should do this or you should get, and we were like, no, we're good in the background until the music that we were being asked to make or the, and the music we were hearing was so underwhelming that we felt like, we had to at least be a part of the solution. And that kind of draws you out of your show. You know, passion draws you out of your show. You know? I imagine, and I'm just, what do I know? But I imagine like being a songwriter is kind of the best of both worlds. Cause like you have a successful career, right? The money is probably I'm making, assuming is really good. And like, you don't have to deal with all of that being hounded. But I understand, I guess some people want yeah. Yeah, the hounded part I don't think we want. No. But I will say that it is the best it is the best of both worlds, but it's the worst of worth of both of both worlds in that you don't want to be hounded, but you want your respect. And you want to be uh credited and um presented for the work you've done, right? So a lot a big part of it is that you you write for people and around and, and for situations, but a lot of the reasons songwriters come out of, the, of the, the woodwork is because they don't feel like they're being respected for their work. Um, and I, can, I, I think we can both relate to that because there's always a fight to remind people that it's not just the artists that writes these songs and it's not the labels that come with these clever ideas and these chord changes and these, I mean, between the two of us, we've, done, we've both done some things that have, I would say have changed how people produce, the chords they use, the way they write, um, what kind of artists they listen to, all that stuff. And so you want people to say, like, I'd recognize that you guys did that. Right. So it's not like having a, I mean, I don't know of a better analogy. It's not like being a surrogate, having a baby, giving the baby over, and then that's your song now. You want no, it's a, the, 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 the problem is, is that a lot of times songwriters give themselves to the artist. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's, that's when it become a tricky transaction. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like a songwriters, because I, I, I've worked with a lot of the songwriters. And so a lot of times when I'm listening to the radio, I'm listening to my friends' personalities and their style and how they say things. I'm just listening to them. And so it becomes 
disrespectful really when you don't get credited for for yourself right that's it i could see that well speaking of ideas how does one come up with i mean you talk about changing chords and everything then you have songs that just change music like my life would suck without you Mm -hmm. ellie clarkson i mean i think that's one of her biggest if not her biggest hit ever Mm. oh thank you how does (laughs) well like so before we get into her like how does i mean how does that like just what you pick up a pen you start writing like how does that process start each one is different i mean we we go in sometimes you've never met the artist before sometimes you know the artist sometimes they have many hits for you so you can draw from their personality but really what it comes from is a place of trying to find some kind of truth in a song that you know that they'll relate to because I was songs are not new. So like what they're about is not new. Um, a lot of the words that people use are not new. So you have to find ways to make it clever and relate to the person that you're writing it for. And that's what, that's what I think our strength is, is that we've, we've been not been able to just write clever things that we make people sing. We've been able to write songs that feel like it's them. It's their whole life. So at that point, I can't speak for now, but at that point, my life would suck without you. Even the way, even the title, is something at that at that point only Kelly Clarkson would have said. You know, it was at that point where pop rock, punk rock, whatever was a thing. Mm. Um, Avril and Kelly and all that kind of stuff. And so you would never hear her say, my life is miserable without you. My life is nothing. And it's like, my life would su- fucking suck. And that felt like that that part of that alone makes it a Kelly Clarkson song. And then of course you're talking about a collaboration with D. Max Martin and Dr. Luke. So both geniuses and, and musical influences for me. So that was the beginning and I was learning and learning from them. But I'm proud that we wrote her on a worldwide smash because it, it is a good song. Did you did you work with her? Like you met her and worked with her? Mm-hmm. I recorded her in LA. Um, we had like in a day. Uh, she's she's a, not, when we talk about a bar, like some people can really, she's a pro. She comes in and she just wails and she's out of there. No, no, not even thinking about it. She just, she was she she was the first American Idol for a reason. What was she like? Like, tell us something about Kelly Clarkson we don't know. Oh my God, he's trying to get the dirt. Um, I don't I don't really I, honestly I you I don't have that many juicy stories about her. She I was, mean, it, it could be something positive. Like, it doesn't have to be negative. She she we had her in L.A. for the day. Kelly Clarkson is actually one of the people that is the way you see her on her TV show. Like, she that's just how she is. She's like a Texas girl. She's she, she could literally be at IHOP or on, like she's the same person everywhere you see her. So she came in and she listened to the song and it's high. You can hear the song is really high. So I was worried about her complaining about it being too high. She listened just, and she said, right on, let's do it. And then uh, she hauled back and sang the shit out of that song. And then she had to leave that night. So we told her to get dinner and come back and, and we comped it and made it sound pretty. And she heard it back and fixed one or two things. And that was it. And I think that was the first album right after My December, I think, wasn't it? Maybe not. There was either yes, one in between. Yes. My December was the, the album that, yeah. I think it's, I love My December, but this was technically her big, like, you better get your shit together and get back was, on track. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she she stood by My December, but that was the whole, like, drama and, like. No, yeah, I just, I just associate with all the beef with the label and all that stuff, so. 
what about have you ever written either of you like a huge song that we know that was you know that's so iconic for like like a my life would suck without you for kelly that should it was supposed to go to someone else you know you you hear about that all the time like oh this should have been so and so song but now it's mine no interesting I'm trying to think of uh, I mean, part of the USA is obvious one. That that was originally written with and for Jesse J, and didn't get taken. Ended up on Miley Cyrus, obviously. So that's I mean, but that that story is well well known and documented now. But I mean, that's I would say that's the big one that everyone talks about, where it was for someone else. Um, I, I wish I had more of those quotes. I just heard yesterday on the radio. Uh, what song was it? It was a song that. Oh, they were playing Whitney Houston Heartbreak Hotel. Mm. And it was originally for TLC. And I was like, what? Really? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, it was originally for them. They didn't want it. They turned it down. Much like uh, the other one that they turned down. Um, uh, Britney Spears. Yeah. Hey, baby, one more time. So oh, I, don't wow. have the, I don't have those kind of like, I can't believe you were so dumb to not take this song. And you, you should feel like an idiot now. Not really. What was Miley Cyrus like? She was a teenager, so... She's not, she wasn't the Miley we know now. She was doing Hannah Montana. Um, I was more blown away by how much responsibility she had as a kid. She was filming a movie and a TV show and had to do schoolwork and had legally um, the amount of hours she could work in a day. She was working harder than most adults three times her age still at the time. That child star shit is no joke. Like, that is not a game. Like, the way they have them programmed is crazy. So I, I tip my hat to her, and she was pro, obviously, because... She's part of a system, but she was easy to work with. We recorded in Savannah. You just seem, it seems like you got lucky with all these people. Or they got lucky with me. Well, yes, that too. <laughs> right. No, because you hear about, you know, horror stories, someone showing up like hours late, not doing this and coming but in that's what, that's why, I said, that's why I said they got lucky with me because I also feel like, um, and Chuck is the exact same way, is that I think you kind of you kind of get what you give. And so I haven't had too many nightmare stories because I feel like the way I present my records, even the way they're demoed, the way he presents them, um, and the studio environment we have, we don't really get a whole lot of nonsense. Uh, people hear our songs and they know that there's a good chance that a song we're, one of us is sending in is gonna, could be a single. So they come in like, I got to do this right. And then, I mean, we're nice, but I, I think you also give up that we don't take too much shit when it comes to music. So even the best ones, I mean, we work with everybody and it's never... It's never, it's never that kind of attitude because even when they don't get taken, like we did a song in LA uh, for Mary J. Blige that she didn't take. By the way, that's still out there and it's a hit record, just putting that out there. Um, but it, it's never like, I don't like that. It, it's literally like, wow, that's probably the best song I've ever heard. Um, it might not fit what I'm working on right now. We never had that kind of tension because people have a lot of respect for what we do. And then when someone doesn't take it, it just goes on to someone maybe not as well-known as like a Mary J. Blige. Or we do it for like sync or for movies or for commercials. We, yeah. we, work, we work songs a lot for different things. Who is the most, like out of Lady Gaga, Kelly Clarkson, Miley, like who is the one that is like the, the most, I don't know, like just work, work, work. I mean, I guess you worked with them for different amounts of time. Like Madonna. Madonna's known to just, like, you don't... You have an answer for that? Mm-mm. 
I mean, you worked with Christina Aguilera. Best work ethic. Let me think about that. There's somebody. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying everyone's lazy. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm trying to say. There's someone who I know who works really hard. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I'm drawing a blank. I'll come back to me at the end on that one. That's a good question. There's someone. All right, we'll come back to that, and we are going to talk all about the album. I promise. But before sure. we talk about the album, and I do have lots of questions about the album, we need to just take a minute and discuss circus because, well, okay. I mean, again, one of the most iconic Britney songs ever. Thank you. So how do you come up with circus? It's about her life. Her life, her life is still and was a circus. So um, that's, what, that's what I mean when us taking songs, make, not just making cool words, but taking things that they can apply to their life and making that also catchy and fun so that everyone else can sing along and have a party, but there's also a deeper meaning to it. So that song, that I was a newbie and I was just trying to impress them, but also of course get a, a song on the album. So my tactic has always been write the truth and make that catchy. Um, and that's, that's still our formula to this day is write the truth and make that catchy. So um, I wasn't sure it would work, but it looked to me like all eyes on her in the center of the ring, just like a circus. And that's here we are today. And isn't that the same truth that we're dealing with? We were just talking about that documentary. It's like, it's still, she's still in a circus. I don't, I don't know, we don't know the details and I don't want to, but I know it's crazy. So again, songs that tell the truth, but we are still dancing to today. Well, that's the thing. Like when I read the words, like you don't need to, like you say the chorus and you're like, who else would sing this? But Brittany, right. it's like, did you, so you, you watch the documentary. Mm -hmm. Did you like, did you get a call? Like, how do you start working with Britney Spears? Like, is the song written first or somebody like calls you and says, we want to hire you for Britney Spears? The record label. I mean, a lot of these things within those cases are the record label. Uh, they have an idea of who they want to work with and they, they'll call one of us and say, do you have stuff or, or you want to come in the studio? And so I worked, same thing, Dr. Luke on that one and they sent it to her and they, she loved it. And the next thing you know, you're recording her. What, what was working with her like? She's, she is uh, very professional. Uh, like she, there's, there's, the, there's the media side of what they say about her and then there's the studio. I'm sure that's how she is when she's dancing and stuff too and preparing for tour. She just, she almost looks like a dancer. So it's like, where I gotta be? What's my, what's my cue? I know the whole, I have it memorized. And she, she works like that. There's no, she's not a train wreck or a mess like people want her to be in the studio. And actually most of the best people are not like that in the studio. It's a pretty professional, clean, get it done environment um plus studio time is expensive so no one wants to be there for no reason so right um, she gets get in and get out what about you know because this was really right after the whole public meltdown i guess for lack of a better word like that was right after that other than blackout that cd this was like the comeback cd i don't know if that's the right word like did you, could you tell, you know, like, again, you watch the documentary, like, was her father right there? Like, did she seem totally accessible or was her team like, you will not speak to Brittany? It was, it was no different than any other artist. Honestly, she was, I mean, Britney Spears was already a mega, mega star when I, we're talking about five albums in. So there was going to be bodyguards and security no matter what. 
Um, and that's how she, that's how she, she's, she's telling me we're in LA. So you're not going to get anything but a guarded pop star at, at that point, whether that it was, she had a bad last album or a bad couple of years anyway. And I'm used to that with lots of artists that come through to work. They all come with a team, mm. managers and assistants and friends and boyfriends and bad so, boyfriends and bad advice. All that, all, all that stuff is part of it. So I, I block all that stuff out and I, I'm there to, lyrics will be there ready for you when you come. The mic will be on. I'll get you out of there fast so you can get to whatever life you're doing and leave me out of the bullshit. That's my, that's my motto. Do you hate when someone shows up with like the whole entourage, like the boyfriend, the boyfriend's friend, and, and if, they they... Help them, if, if they're helping them to be confident, I don't mind it. If they're there to distract or try to co-write or try to make noise, then I mind it. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes I would imagine, just in my experience, like it's that posse or crew that they're the ones that are the high maintenance, like the actual celebrity or singer is the one that's calm and all the friends are demanding a hundred thousand things and you're like not my job that entourage will get you every time so when you watched the movie like you had no feelings like oh this seems like the britney we know nothing like that no i mean i don't really have a lot to say about it because it's not i don't know i don't me and britney are not friends like that and i had i have a good working relationship with them and the team but I don't know enough to, to comment on it more than just my experience with her was professional. And uh, as a human being with empathy, I think we all feel bad for anyone that's not in a good place or is not able to do what they want to do. But that's kind of the extent of what I can say. I'm not, cause if anything else would be exaggeration or lies and I'm not going to add any more fuel to the noise. There's a lot of noise and I don't want to add to the noise. There is a lot of noise. Well, you laughed when I mentioned Circus. I'm sure you knew I was going to ask something about Britney. I'm sure. No, I'm just, I'm, no, I'm just eager to get to our album. That's why I'm laughing because there's so much to talk about. We're, we're getting there. All right. So it's not like you saw like Britney being held against her will or anything like that. Nope. She's not a prisoner. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. I, I, have no, I have no juice to report. Well, no. Like I had someone on who opened for her back in the day, Christina DeBarge. I don't know if you know her. Christina. Yeah, I'd say you yeah. know her. And she was saying, I, uh, we have a mutual friend in common, and she was saying, like, she wasn't allowed to speak to her backstage. But, I mean, I, I understand that's how it works. Backstage. That's common for pop. For, yeah. I mean, lots of big pop stars. Again, entourage and rules. And I'm sure, I'm sure you get those stories from almost every person that's doing a stadium tour and has sold a million copies in a week. And all. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's the same for J-Lo, Janet, Taylor, Madonna, the whole nine yards. I mean, that's part of the reason why we like them, right? Because they're divas and there's a little bit of intrigue and mystique. Kind of. Okay, well, that's good that you didn't get any bad vibes from Britney. No, I'm, I'm, we're, we're over here in the pro-Britney. Like, we, we just want Britney to do good music. That's all I care about. Kind of. Life. And she was great when she was in Vegas at her residency. Okay, so let's get to your album and then we'll ask a few more questions like, I guess let's start with like growing up. What, like, who are your musical influences? You guys have worked with everyone, but like, who'd you grow up loving and into young adulthood and even for this album? Like, tell me about your musical influences. Well, I, w- I would say my musical influences, it ranged uh, from classical to gospel to jazz to blues. You hear it in the album, but if I had to name names, I would say Ray Charles, Quincy Jones. Earth, Wind, and Fire, 
the Bee Gees, oh, Beethoven, oh, those. You don't like the Bee Gees? No, I, I, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm co-signing. I love oh. all the people he mean. Are you kidding me? This is genius right here. Yeah. I was like, I'll take some Bee Gees any day. I mean, <laughs> Bee Gees, I mean, if your influences are Bee Gees and Beethoven, I mean. Yeah. So the name of the album, mm-hmm. American Griot? Griot, yes. yeah. I was going to say it's either Griots or Griots. I couldn't tell. I thought it was Griots. So American Griots, what does that mean and where does that name come from? Um, a Griot is uh, an, the name for a, originally a West African storyteller. So another fancy word for a troubadour. So there were people, there were wise uh, and talented men, and I'm, I'm sure many women, but I don't want to assume, that traveled around uh, West Africa um, and told and sang and performed the stories, the histories, like almost like put on history slash rock concerts slash campfire experiences for people from town to town. And it was everything from like hooks to history to your legacy in this one thing. And so when we heard the word a few years ago, it resonated with us. And because obviously we have roots in West Africa, but also as musicians, it gives a really long, cool history for what we do as a, what we do for a living. You know, we make music, but then we travel and we and we like I told you, it's true, that's catchy. So everything we learn, we put in songs. And I think before we became Lewis Rock, we were already doing that mm. with the songs we gave to other artists, but it just became more focused when it was us. And so we wanted to give the t- album title a name that spoke to where we come from but also suggested that like this is a new thing a new sound a new era so american griots and you said i mean not a number of times you both said like people have told you you should be singing whitney houston told you this but you put it off you don't need to be in the front except now you said something like until the music just called you so tell me about that like why now and how did the music call you now to his point, uh, the world is full of noise and in, in, in a world full of noise, we felt like we needed to scream what we had to say about the matter. Mm-hmm. And none of us, neither one of us are really um, flamboyant, boisterous people by nature. And so we let the music speak. And that's what Lewis Short is about. It's like us screaming to the world. This is what we believe. This is who we are. And letting the music speak for us. How is this whole process different for you guys? You know, you've written songs and worked and produced so many people. Like now that you're actually singing, how is this different? I mean, it's a, a lot different. You know what I'm saying? The pay scale different because we, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it ourselves. Doing it ourselves. Yeah. But, you know, it's, 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 I would say during um, my time in the music business, which I'm still in the music business, but in those peak years, I, uh, I was depressed and wasn't feeling like myself. And now I feel like myself and that's a gift to me. And so whatever sacrifice I have to make for that so I could be myself, I'm willing to make it. And now it's time for Louis Shark to make that same money we was making when we was writing these songs. We have a lot of freedom. Yeah. Like you're giving up, like there's always a, we like, listen, we, we compromise all the time. That's this whole thing is we need people, but there's, um, there are many times where, where I feel like we weren't able to be our complete selves or deliver the best music because 
um, there were too many cooks in the kitchen or uh, the person, sometimes even the artist that I was involved didn't have the proper vision for um, or the know-how to execute the vision. So the whole, the whole thing goes to shit, right? Um, with Lewis York, we get to get it all out, like see the idea through, um, take the risk that we wish that people would take all the time with the songs because everyone knows what's missing and no one wants to actually do what's missing. So it's freeing. It's, it's hard work, but it's freeing. And it's actually what makes us happier now because we know that we're doing what's best for the art. What about, I mean, now that you're here, is it impossible to imagine like going back and writing songs and giving them to other people or no? Like you're, you're thrilled to have both aspects of yourself expressed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, or just, or just, or do you guys look and say, hey, my life would suck without you. Maybe that should have been our song. No, 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 not like that. I mean, we still write for other people too. I mean, we, we, we get out of the way of the music. There's, the reason Lewis York started was we started writing songs. We didn't know we were a group. We didn't have a name. We didn't even know what this was gonna be. We were just doing songs that we felt like our soul, that we gotta do something to, to get out of this, this depression. I was depressed as well. And after we did them, we realized that we need to cast ourselves as the people that were singing and playing them. So we still do that now. We'll write a song. We write songs every day. And some wow. of them, we, we say like, this is for us. This is for our girl band, the Shindellas. This might be for, and we send songs out all the time. We send songs out to artists that we know. And if we don't know them, we reach out to the people that we know that know them and we send those out. So I think we're, we've just enhanced ourselves because now we know we have this, this a platform to get stuff out ourselves and we can still write your favorite, your favorite singer's hit song too. And Will. Why were you guys depressed? Because of COVID in the world or just no, the music no. business and life? I mean, when you work hard uh, for something and you get it and it's not what you think it's gonna be, that's, it can make you depressed. And that's what it was, you know. I, I, I came into the business just talent heavy, you know what I'm saying? That's what I thought the music business was about. It was about a bunch of talented people who put out incredible records and then they live lavish lives. But that's not the music business at all. Mm -mm. Talent don't have nothing to do with who lived a lavish life. And so just starting to understand those things and starting to understand that people are not who, they, who, who you thought they were or who you expect them to be you know what I'm saying, as it relates to um, having your best interest at heart, those kinds of things make you depressed because all you want to do really, all a true creative want to do is be creative. All we really want to do is music. And so mm -hmm. the majority of the time we're fighting just to make that happen day to day. So that's what was depressing. I love how you thought, I mean, you guys are way more in the music business than me, but I am from New York too, let's not forget. Mm -hmm. I love how you guys thought, or you thought that like the music business was just, you know, the cream of the crop rises to the top and yeah, yeah, yeah. how it works. Yeah. Naive. So naive. Naive. And also, and also just felt like, you know, if you work hard enough and you're the songs are great, then that's all that matters. And I mean, to some extent, the music, we, we talked about our bar, it has to be great. But the depression came when you realized that like, you don't have as many friends as you think you have in this thing. And that the money and the nice life is not, fulfilling you all the way yeah so you have to find ways to get refulfilled and, and if you don't then it manifests in depression in 
um, overweight, not, not overweight, that's not the word I'm looking for, but like in weight gain and bad choices and all kind of stuff. And so you end up just making your life more miserable because the thing you love the most is not bringing you the joy it needs to bring you. So we just corrected that. We, we found joy in the thing that we love the most. Yeah. That's good. What's one thing you dislike about the business the most? Like, cause one it is thing? a, well, you could do a few, I mean, it's like a business. So like, I guess, yeah. right. I mean, especially if you're creative. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think to put it mildly, the one thing that I hate about the music business is that the business is way more important than the music. Like I am a person that believes in making income. So I care about the business just like everybody else. But when the business is this much and the music is down here, then it's, it's, a, it's, it's not balanced. And so you get, you get uh, art and you get artists that are not good for the balance of society, in my opinion. Right. And I imagine the money is so tempting for most people. Yeah. I mean, go along. Everybody, the, the real, the real uh, reality is that everybody wants to be a millionaire. Yeah. You know, who don't want to be a millionaire? And so if you can make it in a studio next to, to your favorite pop star, who wouldn't want that? Right. So I get the hustle. I'm not knocking the hustle, but as a, as a, a pure creative, that, that just leads to depression. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I'm sure it led to with a lot of people that would, came in here all about music. Oh, that makes sense to me too. How'd you guys come up with the name? Louis York. I'm from East St. Louis and he's from New York. You put it together, you get Louis York. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I figured there was a long story, but that's about as, you know. We can't, after the songs were done, we we were like, okay, shit, we need a name now. And nothing, we couldn't name anything. And then we literally thought about the fact that Louis York is a mashup of where we both are from and all these influences that we talked about. And so I was like, we're, let's, let's take those two things and make them collide. Let's see what would you say like the style of music is like for people who haven't heard it that you want to go out and listen? That's a good question because we've been thinking a lot about this. Mm. So we don't necessarily fit in the boxes that, that, that they have right now. And, I'm, and it's annoying, but it's a good thing because I don't like the boxes that are out there right now. So I would consider our sound, what we're doing down here in Nashville as new American soul. Um, it's not neo soul. It's not contemporary. It's not R&B, hip hop collaboration. All these weird, funky titles they make up. It's um, real singing. It's real playing. It's real poetry. It's real chord changes, and not a throwback way or a tribute to the past. It's taking all that we learned from Beethoven to the BGS, because that's what that's what our inspiration is, and making new American soul music. So. It will make you dance and it'll make you sing. It'll make you cry. And that's what soul music always did. Mm. But we got to stop just going back to the 60s and 70s and 80s because and oversampling it and overusing it because we're too afraid to make that kind of music ourselves. So we're making that music ourselves, New American Soul. I love it. What about your girl group? Tell me about this. Good segue. Yeah, um, well... About four or five years ago, me and Claude was in LA and we were talking, it was after we finished the Lewis Short project, we were talking about what else we wanted to do with this newfound freedom and, and creativity. 
And so we thought about a girl group. I mean, one of the first things that we talked about when we first met was the Supremes. That was the mm -hmm. first conversation we had. Ever had. We talked about wow. the Supremes. And so um, Supremes and LaBelle, actually. Mm -hmm. And so when, when we got to LA and we was like, what are we going to do next? We revisited that idea and we came up with the concept for what our girl group is today. Their girl group um, called the Shindellas. You know what I'm saying? We came up with the name. We knew what they would be about. Um, and we just had to find the right girls that, that really spoke to the, the authenticity of what we were trying to create. And we found them. Have you heard their music? Have you heard the new single Money? I've heard your music. I haven't heard their music now. I've seen them on your Instagram though. All right. You need, you need, you need to go. Well, as soon as this is done. I love well, a girl group. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to love the Chanel. I, I know you're going to love them, but the, the new single is called Money, right? And Money is, there's other songs out there, but I want to listen to Money because Money is the first song off their new album that's coming, which is literally us really getting the dream out about what they can do. Mm -hmm. If you like the Pointer Sisters, if you like, LaBelle, all that stuff. It's not, it's, this is not three cute little girls who are just doing like choreography. They're doing like real singing. It's rock and roll. Yeah. Wow. And it's been a long time since you felt something like that. So I think you'll, I think you'll like it. Well, I love me some Pointer Sisters. Yeah. You'll love this is the vibe. Yeah. That's the vibes. I love that. What, like, do you have favorite girl groups like other than the Supremes and Pointer Sisters? Hmm. Oh. All right, so not, not, not comparing it to the Shindellas at all, because they are totally different, but just favorite girl groups. Mm. Uh, SWV. Clark Sisters. Clark Sisters. Um, um, I mean... Uh, Those are good. I, I love TLC. I do love TLC. TLC was my favorite. I love, I, I love TLC when I was younger. I love SWV more now. Mm. Really, it, I think their like music. It. I think their music has said the test of time better. That's my personal opinion. My, I my could see that. Opinion. Yeah, I could play "Week" or "Rain" all that stuff any day. Whereas some of the TLC stuff I love, I have to, like it's a very weird mood for me to be listening to like "Hat to the Back" now. So <laughs> it's like more dated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's just my thing. Do you have a favorite like? era of music like 60s 70s 80s 90s early 2000s i mean i, I do but i'm but wait, wait what's yours what's yours i'm like an 80s whore i love the <laughs> 80s. a whore for the 80s is never a bad thing okay i love i mean you listen to some of the you're like what is this like how how these songs how? make no sense how yeah. but yet they're great yeah but the actual words like you know, like the Commissar and like Rock Me Amadeus and it's crazy. One night in Bangkok, you're like, what is this? What is this? Mm -hmm. It's experimentation. But they're great. Yeah, we would say the '70s. I would, I would, we've we've been listening to the '70s a lot as it relates to Louis York and the Shandellas and where we want to go next. And the the thing about the the '70s is that. They were experimental too. They were in the beginning of that experimental stage with, mm -hmm. with live instrumentation and technology, all from early Prince all the way back to Sammy Davis, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So uh, it was, 70s was way more eclectic than the 80s for me, but those are my two decades for sure. Yeah, we, li we live in the 70s and 80s for sure. And you get a lot of 80s in, in American Griots too, like 
because we love like Phil Collins and Elton John and Billy Joel and all that stuff like that, that eighties storytelling, moving stuff to it. So that's all part of it. And I like the seventies too, but just the eighties is like taking it outside of what it is. You're like, these songs are just, they make no sense. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of 80s, Plastic Letters by Miley. Have you heard that whole thing? It's so good. Mm-hmm. I've heard the album. I-, I listened to it a little bit. I need to d- dive into it. But she's one of the people that, like, we were talking about Gaga earlier. Yeah. Miley is the real, real deal. deal. Real deal. She's a rock and roll star. I think so, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Who, who haven't you worked with that, like, you would just love to work with? Um... We've already established if Madonna called, you would call her back. Yeah. Well, he worked with Rihanna. And so, like, I feel like I feel cheated in life because he's already had a massive hit with her. And I feel like I would love to work with Rihanna. I would like to work with Ariana Grande. Yes. For sure. What is it about Ariana that you would think would be so great? I I just, when I hear her, like, I, I hear all the relevance that she is. But I hear this, this massive talent. Um, that that still what needs to be explored. Agreed. You know and so I, I feel like with our, with our breadth of knowledge about pop and R and B, and you know what I'm saying, we can we can really give her a canvas to to really paint some real you, pictures. You know how you know how Michael Jackson was a star for a long time, and then he got in with Quincy Jones, and it was a different thing. Yeah, that's what I think we could provide for Ariana. Because we have all the, we, we get what she's doing now, but we also have, we're talking about the 70s and 80s and the 60s and like we have all this to pull from and she has so much more voice to pull out. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be, that'd be crazy. What direction would you take her in? Mm. I feel like if we say it, we're going to give it away and someone's going to steal our idea. That's, that's what I kind of want to say. But in, in my mind, in my mind, Ariana, people don't really know I'm, you know, because she's doing trips. I don't think people realize how well she can sing. She can sing. You know what I mean? And I would like to give her the songs, maybe even a less big pop production, like the whole, and like get her to really give it to you. You know what I mean? Because she's a soprano, but there's a, a full on R&B heartfelt tone in there too. So I'll, I'll say that much. But it, it would be soulful. It'd be soulful. I I like it. What about how is how is Rihanna? Speaking of Rihanna, what's she like to work with? Um, well, I I didn't get in the studio with her. I I kind of got in the studio with Mio, and uh, we crafted Russian Roulette for her. But uh, I I did get a chance to meet her. Um, she was nice enough to me. She hugged my mom at the grand. <laughs> so my mom got a picture with her. So she's a, she's nice enough to me. Thank, thank you, Rihanna. But this is what I'm saying, like about about changing sound. Is that <clears throat> well, there was the Good Girl Gone Bad. That was the album before. Good Girl Gone She did it then. But think about where we are right now, right? And think about like what Russian Roulette was like electric guitars, right? Like like straight on stadium, gothic. Look how everyone's doing that now. Yeah. Look how yeah. they are to use that stuff. So trend setting. And that was, I mean, I love when someone like Ariana does something like that and you're like, this yeah. is so different. And even like, I think this new Miley CD, I mean, first of all, she covers Stevie Nicks, she covers Blondie. I mean, mm-hmm. she literally does a cover. She does Heart of Glass. Like, yeah, she does Heart of Glass. But yeah. the Heart of Glass. Good song. Yeah. I mean, this is just a totally self-indulgent question. 
convince me that Prince is not like the biggest musical genius that we've known as being alive after you guys, of course. <laughs> but no. just whether you're a fan or not, what? I mean, I'm, I'm, he is, he I mean, is, he this is a good question. Yeah. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. We just, I, I just watched a, a documentary that he, you actually shared mm-hmm, with me. Mm-hmm. It's called The Slave Trade. The Slave Trade. Have you seen and this? It's, it's about... Now. And... I think everybody is familiar with how great he is, how much great a musician he is and how great a singer he is. But the businessman, Prince, changed the game. He was 30, 25, 30 years ahead of the game as it relates to independent music and technology. Yeah, streaming. And and email lists and all of these things. And so when we say he's a genius, like it's just like it covers the whole spectrum. Like he was the supreme musician, but he's also the supreme businessman, in my opinion. We use genius and legend way too loosely. Because if he wasn't a supreme musician, they would talk about him like they talk about Barry Gordy. Right. But they can't because his musicianship is so supreme as well. So, yeah, his name makes me uh, nail my knees. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah, Prince is, is, is... we, you know, when people say we're not worthy, like we didn't realize what we had in him. And even as a, as a musician advocate, like he was just fighting for the things that were that they're just now talking about yeah. at the Grammys and at, you know in DC. He was saying that in the '80s and the early '90s. Yeah. So, yeah. So that makes him twice as bad. He just he's the killer. He's the best. Do you have a favorite Prince album? I mean, it's hard. Ugh. And he kept it's dropping hard. all those hits in that movie. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's a hard, like, I mean, I don't even know what mine would be per se. Yeah, it's, it's like, he's that kind of kind of, kind of uh, artist where you got to say what you don't like. <laughs> right, because yeah. most things are good. Because even, I, re- I remember um, when, he, when um, he left the label and he did like this double or triple disc at 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was jamming to that record. That record was awesome. It was like jazz and it was like, yes. pop, it was all of these things. He's just that, that, that the musicology album? No, no that was after that. After that. No, you should go yeah. back. You will watch it. It almost changes your favorites because, of course, you're, we're programmed to love the Purple Rains and all that stuff. And that's all genius. Genius. Then you realize like what he was doing with songs. Like we watched that same documentary. And when you remember, he had Slave on His Cheek for a long time, right? Yeah. He finally got free. And was independent, which is now the popular thing to be as independent. And he dropped the most, most beautiful, beautiful girl, girl in the, the world. world. Yeah, we didn't really know what the stakes were for him when he was doing that. It was just another Prince song. When you hear it in context and how beautiful and perfect a pop song it is, and what it needed to accomplish for him to be who he is, yeah. it quickly rose way back up. I'm like, oh my god, this song is like, this is business genius, musical genius, stage genius, all in one. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see Prince in concert? I did. Um, it's pretty good. It was date night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, no, no, I, I took a girl to see uh, the concert. It came to New York like in the early two thousands, and I wasn't. I, I'm, I'm even more of a Prince fan now, but I, I wasn't like 
cult, right? So I was the only person that didn't have purple on at the, at the place and I feel like an idiot. But whew, that live, the, his band, it's like, who can just say like, and he's like, do you want to hear this or this or this? And right, so you yeah, get yeah. a little, and he's like, okay, you want that instead? Like he changes on a dime based on like things yeah. and the band has to keep up. And I'll tell you what I regret that we missed. When <laughs> Chuck and I were living in LA, when we had a lot of hits going on at that time, at the same time, Prince was doing all those like secret LA, he was at the yeah. Soho uh-huh. house. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I don't remember if I got like a direct invite. Somebody but, invited me one time. But I know I we could have, we could have gone, I know we could have gone, yeah. right? And I didn't go to one of those because you think you have forever, right? You think it'll, there'll be some time. And I, and he, yeah. they said he played till like five in the morning and just do everything. I wish I had. I'd have loved to jam with Prince. Oh my God. And he probably would have let you and those were all like small venues. Like he did all yeah. those things in New York too. And it's exactly. like. Exactly. Mad. Yeah. Mad that I missed that. Yeah. Like I, I didn't have access to that, but if I got invited, I think I would have gone. Yeah, I'm kicking myself right now. Don't don't rub it in. <laughs> You're like, that's, yeah, you guys are stupid for not going. But yeah, so we thought like, I mean, that's the thing about like Prince. You just like, you mourn the loss of him. And then you're just like, wait, now I'm upset about like all the music that we would have had. Yeah, exactly. What about, do you think the music of today, I mean, you don't have to name names if you don't want, but I mean, we just to bring it all the way around. Like I started that I didn't watch the Grammys because I'm like, I have no horse in this race. Right, 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 right. I mean, do you like any of like the current, current music? Not even like Ariana, like the real new kids, so to speak. Nope. I can't say that I do. Nope. I can't say that I do. And I, and I try to check myself because listen, we're all like music is cyclical and you don't, you, you, you don't want to become your parents, right? You don't want to be. Become I'm kind of already there. I'm, I'm there. What's going on? I'm but there. I'm kind of there. And I, but I also wonder if it, I wonder if it was this bad because like you're talking about like songs that don't have a melody at all versus like we liked Brandy and our parents were mad because we weren't listening to whatever, you know what I mean? Like we liked things that, that used to look back and like, that was, that was musical, but that, was, that wasn't a bad thing to be enjoying. I just don't hear it. I don't know but, what kids are listening to. But to, the, to that point, our parents were right. Like, <laughs> we still talking about 70s and 80s. Music, yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. To some degree, our parents were right. But no, First of all, right Brandy and Monica, the boy is mine. I mean, come on yeah, now. So. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a classic. LaShawn Daniels, yeah. amazing songwriter. Yep. But I agree. I mean, I am my parents because I don't even like know. Like, I'm not even in the game. Like, you could say certain names to me, and I would say I don't even like understand what. Like, what? What is that? <laughs> right, right. I don't right. even know who that is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the same way. You yeah. Know? But we search like on Fridays. Like, you know, music comes out Fridays. We'll sit in the studio. We're in the studio now. What's in the studio? And go right down the list: Apple, Spotify, title, and see what's new. Because I'm. I'm not a hater. He's not a hater either. I don't get the vibe you're a hater either. No. I'm not looking to hate the music. I'm dying to be blown away. Same you know? here. I would love new I'm like, music. Please. I want to discover something. When I go to the gym, that's really the main time I listen to music. It literally takes me, when I get there, sometimes like five minutes of just going through my music. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm so sick of listening to every single thing on this that I don't want to listen to anything because it's I've listened to everything so much. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. dying for something new. Well, that's what we come like. In. Yeah, that's, that's what we're trying to. That's do. what we come in because there there is a gap. Like we're definitely making music that we hope teens will like because it should be that universal. But it should not be that 
you're going anywhere in a car at the gym and it's, it's almost like well just okay, i guess we'll put back in the thriller album again i guess we'll just throw back in the the uh the, the jagged little pill album because you you're looking for something that feels like that we should be constantly making music that's inspiring us and moving us and um challenging us so that's exactly why we started lewis york and the shindellas and everything else is that all right there's got to be more people like you out there that just want to discover something and feel fulfilled yeah i'm the perfect consumer because i because i try i do the same thing you do i'm like maybe what's behind door number one over here or something and i'm just like nope you get into <laughs> it right you're like at first you say yes because you convince yourself for the first 30 seconds yeah, and yeah, then yeah. like a minute in you're like i can't even listen to this yeah. no what well, do you what do you think uh, music is missing good question i mean it sounds so it all sounds the same to me mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like real i mean it just sounds like manufactured and like you said like the talent isn't the ones that really are the ones that succeed it's a whole business right man which i'm okay with that if it's packaged well cuz like you look at like madonna who has but you know it was like a business it was packaged really well in the beginning right 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 and she was brilliant at that but then it's okay. I mean, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't need to be highbrow and be like, you're not authentic and you're not. I'm okay if it's packaged with just, there's nothing like original. There's no like angle. There's yeah. no angle of originality. It's all just the same. Yeah. That's, that's what I would say. I, I just think it's lacking authenticity. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't feel like I, I have the pleasure of discovering something because discovering is not just discovering a person, it's discovering a sound, it's discovering a point of view, yeah. it's discovering fashion, it's discovering a lot of things at once. And I don't feel like, I feel like everybody go to the same stylist. I feel like <laughs> they go to the same producers. I feel like they go to the same, it's just a, it's this. It's boring, this, it's a boring yeah. cycle. This, I, it's I, manufactured. Like this, this, yeah. there's, there's two reasons I think why that is. The first part is that the downside of being in a global world means that like you lose the unique perspective of where you're from mm. not because mm. you're not because you're not like a native new yorker but your influence when you look online is what everybody's wearing so yeah by like all the i like what they're doing in california i like this japanese fashion i like this over here so music used to be like oh, i'm getting like Whitney houston was a girl from newark new jersey mm -hmm. madonna was a girl from detroit yeah yeah you know motown was detroit Hip hop was a New York and LA thing, an Atlanta thing. And now we're in a global society, so it's hard to find an original opinion because everyone is a hodgepodge of like their favorite things. And the second part is that hip hop rules today, not as a music form, but also as a business form. Mm. And so it takes a lot longer for a pop artist, a country artist, an R&B artist, groups, bands, to develop and be loved than it does for hip hop artists. What a hip hop artist can say in one verse, it might take a singer three songs or a whole album to get out as a thing. And so the singers get rushed through this, the system the same way rappers do, and it does them a disservice because you need to have time to fall in love with Madonna. It can't be just a mixtape and then, I need, I need three albums of, t t tell, me why, tell me why sex is your thing, tell me why you're feminist. Tell me, and everyone's saying, everyone's like, I'm, 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 I'm free yourself and feminism and it's cool, you can say the word, but um, what's the art that supports that for real? You know, and where is it coming from? Where, where are you drawing from? Is it your parents? Is it, was it a teacher? Was it, I, 
who are you really inspired by? Not just the cookie cutter answers, because that's what you do to get a lot of likes, you know? Yeah. So you, don't, you, don't have, you don't have originality. And then like all the people that are, yes, I agree with all that. And all the people that are then like discovered through like YouTube or whatever, whatever it is, reels, that doesn't help me. No, no, it doesn't. Nope. I mean, because like they're- find talent that way. Yeah. And so now it's like this whole thing where like everyone's just putting themselves out there. Like, and I'm not a hater, but it's just none of it's really original. It's mm-hmm. all kind of the same. That's where like a Lady Gaga, even like the Scissor Sisters, which were in New York, like, mm-hmm. like they had a they had their own thing that were they were truly just discovered. Yeah, yeah. And then took it and kind of you know maybe became a heightened version or ran with it and marketed it up. But like at least they have a shtick. Like love or hate Gaga, she has a unique shtick that's yeah. unique. Agreed. It's all just, it all sounds the same to me. But I am like you. I would love to discover something new and be like, now I am sold. Thank you. I'm not a hater. I'm not even that high. My standards aren't even that high. It's just. (laughs) Yeah, the bars are that high. I just want to ask. Yeah, it's just. I agree. The Miley. You're you're, going to love the Shindellas. I know it. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking I will. Like, because I I like, I mean, I tend to gravitate towards women singers anyway. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Same. And Same. I love a girl group. Yeah, it's been a long time since it's been a girl group. A real one. A real one. So it's 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 overdue. Yeah. So, yeah. I can't think of the last like real I mean, I guess like Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child. Yeah. yeah. And that was like ninety seven. Yeah. Ninety six, ninety seven. So it's time for the world it's time for the world to see that and also to see see women really singing together, harmonizing. Um being a, a togetherness force, not just saying they are one. You know, it's you're gonna like them. Money, money. Let's do that. I'm gonna look. They're they're on your Instagram, right? They're they're yeah, yeah. on your Instagram. Okay, I'll, I'll like shoot you guys a DM too on your. Please do. Just so we'll keep in touch. But I'm gonna really. I'm gonna check them out for real. And you have to check out Thank the you. new Miley CD. Like, just listen to it throughout the whole thing. No question. That's my. That's the one shining in like. But when I say one shining, I don't mean of the year. I mean of like. A really long time mm. other than that i've been recycling so much crap and i'm just like i can't find anything so well I'll listen when, to it when you dm us after that if you find anything good keep sending us stuff because we're always looking for good music we are Please. same here same Please. here and everyone sure. your cd is great so everyone needs to check it out so where can everybody find you guys well the cool thing is that we just released the vinyl mm. edition of american <clears throat> griots i love a vinyl so good on vinyl so um, if you want to get the vinyl or other way, other cool ways, weirdoworkshop.com, which is weird, our name of our company. I'm right on my chest. Weirdo Workshop, that's about as easy as can be. Weirdoworkshop.com. You'll find out about, um, you'll find out how to get um, the vinyl and hoodies like this, but also you'll find about the Shindellas and what's going on right now and what new music is coming and our book club, all the things that we're doing out here in Nashville and Franklin, Tennessee are on that site. So that's our hub. That's easy. And what about on Instagram? Lewis York Music, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and also uh, YouTube.com slash Lewis York, because that's where all of our videos are. But also we do a lot of behind the scenes stuff, recording the Shindella, uh, filming videos. So you'll get to know us better if you follow us on all the things. It's easy, right? It's yeah. easy. You guys have been great. You'll, you'll have to come back. 
Anytime. I'm going to check out the Shandellas and, you know, this was fun. So thank you for chatting. Everyone needs to buy your new album. Buy yes, it yes, yes. American Griots. So, thank you for having us, man. And thank keep you. in touch. You guys are great. All right, buddy. All right, buddy. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.